everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Dan. How y'all doing? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's been another week, but we're here. We've survived. Got some decent engagement from the question I asked of y'all. And to my surprise, everyone, every single person who responded, not that there were that many, but everyone preferred the 10-point scale to the 5-point scale. If you forgot what I asked last week or last episode, I asked what people prefer in a review scale, 5 points or 10 points. And everyone went the 10-point route. They just found it to have more nuancy. It was more nuanced. Nuancy is a word, right? That sounded weird. It sounded weird coming out of me, at least. That's not the only weird thing coming out of me. <laughs> uh, I just, I have nothing. Yeah, I say this every single episode, and it's always true. I really don't have anything to talk about. I am powering through Voyager. But going back to the question, the review thing, I wanted to piggyback off that. And I, I agree with people in that the more I thought about it and reflected upon it, I prefer the 10-point scale as well because it gives you more wiggle room. There are not many instances. There, there, there I mean, there are many instances, but the 5-point scale limits you greatly. While it does make things easier to understand or it simplifies the process and, and makes it clearer how you feel about something in a, in a broader sense, it just makes it clear, okay, you really, really like this game or you really like the game or you think it's pretty okay or you don't like it, I accidentally scroll over something, or you really hate it. Whereas you have that five six seven space in the 10 point scale that is valid and one of the things that was brought up in one of the comments that i very much agree with is that when using a 10 point scale the only way a 10 point scale is good is if you use all of it none of this seven to ten scale bullshit or even five. you got to use all of it use all of it and the majority of your scores should probably fall in that four to six, seven range. Because a lot of games, they're just okay, or they're a little bit bad, or they're completely average. That's fine. That's valid. It's okay for games to just be okay. They don't have to be amazing. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be fucking awful. A lot of things are just, they're fine. They're fine. And when I was thinking about it as well, I mentioned in a comment, it's kind of the, that four to seven range, maybe not so much four in the, in the lower end, but it's, it's kind of that bands of the genre range where a game may not be the greatest, but if you really like those types of games, you'll probably enjoy your time. So a 
6 out of 10 platformer. Nothing special, but if you really like platformers, you'll probably have a good time because you like platformers and a 6 out of 10 means it's probably doing its job as a platformer, but not reinventing the wheel or doing anything particularly new, unique. So, yeah. And to piggyback off that, to get back to the piggybacking, I wanted to follow that question up with another question related to reviews. I also hope people enjoy this <laughs> admittedly uh, artificial, to some extent, attempt at eliciting engagement with the audience. But on the topic of reviews, do you think a reviewer needs to complete a game in order to review it? Do you think a reviewer needs to complete a game in order to review it? You can also put this towards movies or shows. But I think with movies, if you're going to review something, uh, there is the, the time aspect, the, the length aspect. If you're going to review a movie, you can't just watch it for another hour, depending. But I personally think it is 100% completely valid to review something if you've not finished it. I do that plenty of times, and I don't have a problem with that. I think where you draw the line, however, with reviewing and whether or not you complete a, a, a game, and I, I'm strictly talking about games here. I don't want to talk about movies or any other type of product thing you can review, piece of media you can review. If you are going to review something and you have not finished it, I don't think you should score it. You shouldn't put a score on it. You, uh, you should only score things you have experienced fully. Because the way I look at it, a review of a game you've completed, score and all, is a review of that game. A review of something you've not completed is more so a review of your experience, which is still valid because if you've not completed a game, there has to be a pretty damn good reason for you not doing that. It, it could be that the game was incredibly frustrating or repetitive or this, that, whatever. The story really lost you. It, it could, pissed you off, whatever. There is some reason why the game failed to engage you to its completion. And that reason may be something that you look at and, and think, that would probably bother me too. I, I probably shouldn't even play this game or whatever. Because I don't, I don't like a lot of stealth missions. If a game turn someone off because there was a surprising amount of self-missions with instant fail situations that required you to restart the entire level without any kind of checkpointing system. That could be a, a big no-no for you and the reviewer. So I'm just curious how other people think uh, regarding that. I, I've talked about it here and there in the past, and it seems like the majority of people are like, no, 
You've got to complete a game. You have to complete it to review it. And I say nay. Nay. Because if you haven't completed the game, there's got to be a good reason for it. So that's where I fall on it. But again, no no scores. If you haven't completed the game, I don't I don't think you should score it because you don't you don't know what happens after the point which you stopped. Maybe it turns into your or would have turned into your most favorite game of all time. You don't know because you stopped. But you also stopped because what you played up until that point did not make you want to keep playing and engage with the game systems, etc. So, yeah. I gotta sneeze. Eh, eh, I don't want to sneeze. Ooh, this is a hard... You can't edit out a sneeze in a video. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It's not gone. It's still... My nose is all... It's tingling. It's, it's tingling. Anywho. That's the question. In terms of what I've been watching all that jazz, like I said, just powering through Enterprise. I am almost done-ish with the third season. I'm probably about three quarters of the way through. It is just it's so bad. It's frustrating as all hell. Because as bad as Voyager was a lot of the time, the thing about Voyager is Voyager was still Star Trek. It still felt like Star Trek. It was derivative, uninspired, unoriginal, completely stuck in the next generation's shadow. But it was still Star Trek. Enterprise doesn't feel entirely like Star Trek. And it just, it, it feels like Star Trek whenever it's sucking the teat of Star Trek and shoving references down your throat or doing the whole fucking solo bullshit of, hey, how, how do they get this name? Oh, where did this come from? Oh, now you know. Ooh, isn't this fun? No, it's not. It's fucking stupid. I hate that shit. I don't need explanations for everything. Gosh darn it. And then I tried for the fucking I don't know what time uh, to watch A Good Day to Die Hard. This time renting the copy from uh, another library. So they sent it to my library. Picked it up. First time I've ever received a, a disc that was just in a plastic envelope type thing. And lo and behold, given the packaging, it did not play. So I watched part of it until it stopped playing and then skipped around to parts where it would start playing again. And I saw enough of it to know I don't need to ever try and watch this again. The point where I dropped it completely and was 100% out and gave up on it was maybe about 25-30 minutes in where it's still the after the courtroom escape driving sequence or whatever where McLean's son is I, I think he's he's still in the, the, the vehicle with the dude driving away and he's like Gosh darn you, McLean! Gosh darn you! And to his, his line delivery, just him saying that about his dad is just the stupidest fucking thing in the world. 
God damn you, McLean. God damn you. And it's just, it's so fucking dumb. It's, it doesn't feel diehardy at all. It's, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know what they were thinking when they put that movie together. Live Free or Die Hard at least still feels like a diehard movie enough. It's just too worried that you are somehow forgetting it's an action movie and wants to constantly remind you of how cool the on-screen action is and wants to make sure you're noticing it and that you're aware of all that shit. Uh, full of one-liners where McLean is just going off. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Fucking that thing exploded, man. Holy shit, that was awesome, wasn't it? And then the other characters are like, yeah, yeah. And then you're in the audience saying, I fucking know. Shut up. Just do the action. Don't tell me how cool and, oh my God, how surprising it was. I'll do that myself. Okay? But, uh, yeah. I've played a few games. Uh, a smidgen. And now, now my nose is running. Gosh darn it. I can't get out the sniffles. But I played two games. Mayhem and Single Valley and A Saga of Sins. So let's start with Mayhem and Single Valley. This is an interesting game. Very, very beautiful pixel art. And it's a bit of a puzzle, adventure, occasional action, but mostly avoidance game where you play a young boy who is leaving his little town, his home, to go off to the city. However, before he's able to do that, a toxic waste gets into the reservoir and pollutes the water, transforming, mutating all the animals into beasts that will kill anyone who gets too close to them. And because you see all this play out from your treehouse, some civilian sees you in your treehouse because they have really good vision and blames you for it because... You were watching it happen so clearly you were the one who made it happen. So you have to save the day, find out what's wrong, and fix the problem because your name has been tarnished. Everyone's blaming you and therefore blaming your family and you can't let that you can't let that stand. So you have to fix everything. It's very eight legged freaks. <laughs> kind of. But after all that plays out, the the main or what you end up doing in the game is just going around exploring the world, trying to unsolve the mystery of how everything happened and how you can resolve it. The gameplay consists mostly of mild puzzles, a little bit of platforming, and a lot of avoiding all of the mutated animals. You can over the course of the game you will get a few items you'll get a slingshot that allows you to it just increases your range that doesn't it doesn't really do much of anything 
but you also can pick up items that allow you to distract the animals or if you upgrade your slingshot when you get it it'll apply properties to the items you throw so it might stun the animals or knock them back so then you can push them into toxic water shit like that but it's it's mostly about exploration and discovery finding collectibles finding items finding new creatures and just seeing the way this world has been transformed and doing what you can to put everything back in order doesn't seem like it's gonna be a long game I played it for about two hours and I had a good time with it I I really like the look of it it's it's got beautiful pixel art and and solid animation Overall, the movement of your character feels pretty good. Dodge roll feels good. The problem, gameplay-wise, where it becomes frustrating, and if not for everything else being interesting, would have gotten me to, to stop playing, is the platforming. Because this is in a 3D space and not 2D, it can be tricky, and, and the game doesn't do a good job of making you aware of where you'll be falling on the ground. So there are many instances where you have to traverse over toxic water, and you have a very small space, a very small platform to land on. And it's easy enough to fall into the water when trying to make these jumps your character can be a bit slippery and that can be frustrating. It's fun to see your character die because the animation and visuals look great. Watching your skin disintegrate down to the skeleton until you eventually evaporate into nothing. But once you've seen that 20, 30 plus times, it gets a little annoying, it gets a little tedious. Thankfully, the checkpoint system is pretty generous. It seems to save every time you enter a new area and also after every collectible or key item you pick up. So you never have to go back and get something of that nature. Uh, so that that's nice. And the restarting happens pretty fast. So if you do die, you don't have to wait a long time for the game to load, which alleviates... A potential issue since you you will most likely die a lot but it was, it was fun just exploring the world and, and being in it and I, I will go back and finish it because it doesn't seem like again it'll be a long game I would guess it's probably around four hours give or take a little bit that's just my hunch but I I enjoy my time overall there is a bit of a story, you get dialogue, but all of that, you could take or leave it. I, I lost interest in it pretty quickly. Once I ran into Bob or whatever, the dude who's kind of responsible, who introduces you, because you, you'll get access to a liquid later on that can cure the animals. And you just attach that to various items in your inventory that 
the, the certain creatures will like. So you dip a carrot into your jar of goo, your cure goo, and then you throw that at a rabbit, and a rabbit will eat it up and be, oh, I'm happy now. But it's it's fun discovering more of the world and new mutated animals, how they behave in their mutated form, how to go about dealing with them. But again, a lot of the gameplay is is even with your slingshot and when you get items and stuff of that nature and upgrade your slingshot to make it a bit more offensive, you will be mostly dodge rolling away and just avoiding line of sight with animals as best you can to get to where you need to go next. It doesn't hold your hand all that well, but it's pretty, pretty similar enough to figure out what you have to do. There's no map, which is a little sucky, but uh, solid game, solid game. And you upgrade your character by finding clones of yourself and saving them, who will then give you a roll of duct tape that you use to upgrade either your shoes, your backpack, your slingshot, or your ability to protect yourself. So one of the other things before I wrap this up is your base health essentially is instant death. So without any type of protection, any attack will lead to instant death. And the way you give yourself extra hit points is by picking up trash lids, uh, dumpster, garbage can lids. And doing that basically counts as a an extra hit point. You can upgrade this so that you can carry more lids. You can initially only hold one. The thing about this that I'm not yet sure of is it seems like a finite resource in that I never closed the game completely. But I did I did load my save at times and it didn't reset. If you use a trash can lid that trash can lid will never reset on that trash can and once it takes a hit it'll be knocked off you and and land in the environment you can't pick it up again so it's very possible that you could use all the lids and then not have any more extra lives quote-unquote lives depending on how things play out which wouldn't make the game impossible by any means because you should be able to go through without taking any hits. But that seems a little weird if that is the case, that that would be a finite resource that you could use all of them up and get to a point where you can't get any extra lives. So that, that could lead, if, if the game gets really difficult later on, that could become frustrating. Yeah, that is, what is it, Mayhem and Single Valley? Is that a, uh, Mayhem and Single Valley, yeah. And the other game I played is Saga of Sins. This is a 2D action platformer. Retro-inspired, feels a bit Castlevania-ish. Ghosts and goblins, ghouls and ghosts. Stuff of that nature. 
where sin has plagued the world and you have to rid the world, or at least your, your city and whatnot, of sin. And the way you go about doing this is by entering the minds of the sinful people of your village. And you go into their minds, defeating enemies, getting their hearts or whatever, and then eventually fighting a boss related to each sin. <laughs> the story I really stopped caring about pretty quickly, but the, the fucking... The problem with the game is that it's super fucking boring and repetitive and plays like poopy poop. It has an interesting visual style. It's it's very stained glass window mosaic-ish where your character and the characters, the enemies, the environment, everything looks like it's made up of pieces of glass which is kind of neat. It doesn't look that great, but it's it's different. It stands out, but not always for the best reasons. The character and enemy designs are occasionally ugly, but the gameplay, which involves you transforming into multiple different types of beasts with different powers. I'm only on unlock two because I couldn't be bothered to keep playing. And the ones I've unlocked are the werewolf and the demon or something of that nature. The werewolf can fire projectiles and then the demon can spit fire. And you go about in these levels Defeating enemies, reaching the end where the heart is, and that's that. The thing is, they're all the enemies all feel the same. When I got the first area, the, the first sin that you are fighting is which one is it? It's gluttony. You go through those two or three regular levels and then fight a boss, all feels the same. Get to sloth. I thought it would be different, and the, the environment's a little bit different. You have a lot of muddy patches in the ground where you can't move fast in, sloth. But the enemies, while they have a different look to them, they all fight you in the same way as the enemies in the gluttony area. They just look different. All right. Great. Super boring. But worse than that is the feel of your character. The entire game feels and, and looks but feels stiff. There is a lack of fluidity to the character's movements that makes everything feel off and not great. So, for example, when you jump, instead of it feeling and looking like a fluid jump from start to finish, it more so feels like 
you simply are pressing an input that initiates the jump. And then once the character hits the apex of the jump, the peak of the jump, they just sort of fall back to the ground. But not it's not even like there's an, an animation. There's, you know, there is whatever, a little bit of animation, but it's just sort of like, okay, they're they're at the top of the jump. Now they're back on the ground. It doesn't feel you don't you don't get any feeling of movement really in it. And it, it, it makes for really unsatisfying gameplay. And part of it, maybe all of it, might be an intentional, purposeful design choice because everything is seemingly made of glass, so glass would move in more of a stiff way because it's, it's a bunch of pieces put together. But while that may suit the design, it does not suit the actual controls. Uh, which is a shame. And I don't know if I said it was it's 2D side-scrolling action game. But, uh, yeah. Enemy attacks are, it's just, it's not challenging, which doesn't help in the, the inability to engage the player. At least if, when I'm the player, maybe you'd find it engaging. And yeah, just I could not get into it whatsoever, sadly. Yeah, that is Saga of Sins. It is a nap name because it sinned with its gameplay. Anywho, that'll do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Looking forward to... I, I played a little bit more of Nerf Legends and I'll be playing more of that this weekend and putting wrapping up the... putting together, wrapping up whatever the episode of Attack the Backlog for that. I don't... It is going to be a weird episode of Attack the Backlog because I can already tell I I don't know what to fucking say about that game because it is just bad 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 but i've already spent enough time with it and i'm gonna play more of it that i've got to get something out of that and not have it just been a waste of my life so i'm gonna waste everyone else's life with a short episode of attack the backlog about it and i'm probably gonna use that as a big part of the script and just that fucking why am i right what is there to say about this game i fucking i don't know man Anyway, that'll do it, like I said, for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import, like the site, the YouTubes, the art I make, everything in between, you can go over to pxsausage.com. And if you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense. You can go there and find all the pertinent information regarding that. But uh, if you enjoy any of this nonsense, I would like to show your appreciation in a financial way. You can do it there. But don't worry. I mean, 
you won't be getting anything particularly special for that support other than the the pleasure of knowing you're you're supporting someone you enjoy i don't have any desire to lock content behind a paywall so i'm a poor business person anywho that is it that is all as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this year episode and i hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely weekend so for now adios uh, arrivederci bye